Black Girl and Ohm promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash. And Dion Ivory, thank you so much for listening. Um, guys, we are so excited because we have this amazing black woman artist who is just beautiful. Her work is absolutely stunning. Um, her spirit is amazing, even though I just met her in real life like five minutes ago. Um, but we've been cackling ever since. Energy don't lie. Energy does not lie, you know, and we're just so happy to have her on the show. If you have not bought one of her pieces, you need to definitely do so by the end of this episode because I'm sure it'll add beauty and great energy to your space. You know, yes, girl. Who we, who we got up in here, Lauren? We got Miss Kanisha Snee. Hey. Hi. AKA Tactile Matter. Yes. Hey. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yes. Girl, we have so many things to cover with you. Yes. Um, I know. I being know. multi-layered and being so intentional about your artwork. And then like a sustained black woman artist. Thank like you. I love that. So many women, you know, um, are always looking to have that type of lifestyle where they're supported um, by people be- doing what they want to do in life. Right. Um, so my first question to you is, who are you? Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my name is Kanisha Sneed. I am a multidisciplinary artist. I am a freelance art director, freelance creative director. I am also the founder of Tactile Matter, which currently serves as a both on and offline platform for mostly my creative works that's outside of my digital work. Um, But pretty much all of that are just like cute words for I am a visual storyteller. And at the end of the day, that's just sort of what I see myself as creatively. What inspires you right now? Oh, currently, <clears throat> I am inspired by, God, I'm inspired by so many things. I, I feel like I'm I'm constantly inspired by my surroundings in a lot of way, and a lot of that lends itself to my creative practice and just what I create in general in my artwork and my design work. But currently, I, I would say I'm probably really inspired by... Um, the outdoors, which sounds a little corny, but I really do love being out and just in the sunlight and doing some very, very low key farming, which I call farming, but all it is is dropping seeds in the ground and hoping something happens. So mm-hmm. I'm very inspired by nature right now and inspired by just like little things. And I feel like it's taken a really long time for me to feel inspired by the little things because so much of like being a creative person or just being an artist in general, being a black artist, a black woman artist. I yeah. feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to to create and what we create and wanting it to feel purposeful. And sometimes just like it's just those like small pauses and those like little moments that just spark inspiration and yeah. just make you feel joyful. So I'm right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm 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 feeling mostly inspired by just like little details. Yeah, just like the little things. I love that. That's yeah, beautiful. Cool. And it's super realistic. I mean, I, I don't think we really um, pay attention to how inspired we can be by the small day to day things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That speaks volumes in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And and for me, I'm I'm I really thrive when I'm working. I'm I'm just like a work person. Like I keep myself busy with creative projects. And so 
you know, the last year has really just taught me to like take that pause and just like what that really means to me, what self-care really means Mm -hmm. to me and just like kind of breaking that down to like a, you know, micro level of just like what does self-care really mean? And sometimes it just means sitting back and just like, you know, listening and sit back and just like looking at little things and having those small conversations where you have the really big takeaway. So I think that those are all things that are kind of (laughs) been more important for me lately than than ever before. Right. Everything you said, I resonate with so much, especially what you said about nature. Yeah. I was in Hawaii for 12 days, got my whole life and whole life. This one day that I was there, I looked up and I saw this tree. I don't know what kind of a tree it was because it was a white. Like, I don't know what kind of trees they got. But it was black. It kind of reminded me of a birch tree. But it wasn't a birch. It was something else. So it was black and white. Mm. But then it had this, like, greenish, yellowish moss growing on it. And I actually realized that that was a tree that embodied my current art project, which is making my home here. Right. You know, I recently got this gorgeous couch um, that Dion has seen. <laughs> it's from Floyd, Detroit. So shout out to them because they hooked me up. It's beautiful. It's like um, this. Um, what's the color? Mustard yellow. Yes, but it it's has, like the color of your dress. Mm. Yes, but it has a specific color name to it. But yes, mustard yellow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have like all white walls, but it has like this beach vibe. So I was thinking of like this kind of this idea of like, um, the wood that kind of washes up on the beach, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I looked up and saw this, it was like divine confirmation of like the exact things that I'm going for aesthetically in my space. Yes. But then that it was just like found in nature. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it, it happens like that. Yeah. Like, you know, it, sometimes it's just the little things that spark some kind of creative magic. So. Yes. Yes. And what you said too about the conversations, like one seemingly insignificant conversation that you have with, someone that you walk by on the street or interact with as you're buying groceries or chat with in your ride somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's also been what's really giving me like direct kind of divine wisdom about certain steps that I need to take in my life and in my relationships. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, as a, as a fellow artist, um, I would love to know your story about, you know, how, you got started doing the work you're doing now and like how are you able to um really actualize like this life of create like doing something that you love and being sustained by like what made you feel like I can do this Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna make a life out of it and then like how did you even get into it because like your work is so beautiful it's something it's a layer question I'm like okay I'm asking this I'm asking that no but it's like (laughs) I I just have so many questions because your work is so beautiful and I want to know more about that and like the color the color choice behind it and like you know color theory and and all that so I know I asked like 17 questions. In no, no, I love it. I love it. There's so many layers to it because there are just so many layers in general to like creating. Uh, being, right. right. And exactly. Being an artist, right. Just like, um, also, the feeling is beyond mutual. I love, love, love both of your work and I love your work. Your photography is amazing. Thank like, you. It gives me all the feels. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. You. Thank you. Um, well, I when I was younger, I, I knew I wanted to in some capacity be an artist, but I didn't know in what way and, and how I didn't know how 
my work would translate. Also, this was like, you know, late 80s, early 90s when like there was this like kind of negative stigma around what it means to truly be an artist. So I didn't ever really feel comfortable with the concept of being an artist or being mm-hmm. called an artist because I always thought that that was like something negative in that, you know, if you're an artist, you're struggling in right. some way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, especially growing up like my household, like, you know, I think that that's just something that is you know, it's encouraged in some ways, but also you kind of feel like, oh, is this the right thing for me? Is mm-hmm. this really what I want to pursue? I could be, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Such So many other things that, you know, on paper seem like they, you know, have a more meaningful purpose. But that was when I was younger. And now mm-hmm. I feel like just so proud and excited to be an artist. And I feel like especially where the where art in the community is going now, I feel like there's just so many conversations happening through art. And, and so for me... Um, I didn't grow up in a family of artists in any way, um, but my parents, they they both appreciated art. Like, they would have reprints of artist work, black artist work in the household. And, like, you know, we couldn't afford, like, the real thing. But we had, like, prints on the walls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I resonated with so many of the black figures that were on our walls that I identified with in a lot of ways. And so for me, I just always – I love drawing. I love creating. I would, like, take time with my mom and just, like – so clothes or like, you know, just do like little things that were creative projects. Um, And I remember, I just remember always like being um, just the person that was just like, I had a pencil or crayon or marker in my hand. Like I just really loved illustrating and like painting and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know if I would actually pursue it. And I had like so many weird odd jobs when I was younger. Like when I was in my late teens, early twenties, like I worked at like Dillard's in like, you know, the accessories department for, you know, a few years. I was a bank teller at one point. Like I did so many like odd jobs for like a creative person. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until I went to art school. I went to Otis College of Art and Design in 2005 and I studied digital media. Mm -hmm. Um, And so mostly that was focusing on like motion graphics design for commercial work. But even then, I didn't really have, like, a creative voice. Like, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. I didn't have, like, a specific style. Especially when you're in school, you're being taught so many different things that you're kind of trying to translate those things. And you, you're, you're, not, you're not really translating your own personal, you know, style and, and what makes you feel, you know, like you connect with, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um so like I like had like a creature drawing class. So I was like drawing creatures and like weird <laughs> shit all the time. And like things just were just, you know, kind of off my, you know, current, you know, style. But it took so many years for me to develop a style that I felt very comfortable with. And when I was in school, I um, I graduated in 2009. And that was pretty much when I started a career in design and illustration. And so now it's been like a decade, which is insane to even wow. say out loud Congrats. that I've been like, oh, my God, like, like literally like as of like this month, June. Um, but <laughs> celebrate. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. And it all comes full circle. And, you know, it, it still took a lot of practice for me to really hone in on a style that I feel like spoke to me and still speaks to me. And even then I feel like I'm always evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't always, I don't like putting myself in one lane or one box. And it took me a really long time to feel comfortable with not being in a box too, because I feel like sometimes you're, you, people want to put you in a box. Mm -hmm. They want to say like, this is, this is your thing. This Mm -hmm. is what you do. You either are a painter or you're either commercial, you're either doing. And for me, I, I really had to accept the fact in a lot of ways 
that I, I enjoy doing a lot of different things. I like working with a lot of different materials and, you know, that's what speaks to me. So um, my, I guess my creative journey has been one of really a lot of exploring and I'm yeah. still exploring and I'm still learning and, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I feel like this is one of the first years where I can actually say that I'm, I'm really excited about where I'm at and yes. it's taken many years for me to get to a point where I can say I'm, I'm excited about the work that I create. Wow. Girl, that, first of all, thank you. You know, my mind was going like this. I'm drawing a zigzag, guys. Not really a zigzag. I'm drawing, I don't even know what's in the air. But she just followed it and it was just so beautiful. I really appreciate that. Um, wow. Like 10 years in the game. 10 yeah. years. So like, can you explain to me like your, your, your particular style? I'm like, I don't even have to see your name. I yeah. know it's you. And it's like, how did you develop True. that? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to know more about that. Yeah, I am. Um well, I mean, I feel like my style, for me and my perspective as the person creating the work that I create, it speaks to big, bigger conversations of what is important to me, what representation means to me, mm -hmm. what inclusion means to me, what being a black woman means to me, and all seen through the the lens of a black woman, I feel like what's filtered out may be a, you know, a pop of color or a soft line, but there's so many layers to what that signifies for me as the creator. And I feel like it represents what so much of, you know, being a black woman is about because, you know, there are so many layers to peel back. We are complex creatures. Right. And so, you know, even though, you know, we're going to give you a bold look, we're always going to be you know, showing up and we're always going to do the job and we're going to do it well. Right. Um, but that takes a lot of work. You know, we're going to have our edges laid. We're going to be like coming, presenting like the like epitome of what perfection could look like. Mm -hmm. But that takes so much work mm -hmm. and it takes so much work for us to look effortless and for us to feel like we're effortless. And so I think that that translates a lot of, of my own work and like, I like the juxtaposition of like, you know, something that could be easily digestible visually, but the layered meaning behind it is for me so much deeper and right. complex. Right. Um, and so as far as developing the style over the years, I, it's just been a lot of practice. Like I would say that I probably share 10% of my body of work online or in social media because right. a lot of it is practice. Like I have just so much work that I, I don't show and not for really more reason than I just, I enjoy the practice. I enjoy the creating process so much that like once I'm done with one thing, I just kind of move on to another thing and I just keep practicing and, and learning and growing as I work. But, you know, as far as style development, I think it, you know, a lot of it translates from my experience working at design studios and some of it's just kind of like happened over the years and you know uh, I'm inspired by you know um, bold colors and I'm yeah. inspired by things that just kind of evoke a, a sense of happiness and joy right. and so I, I like to try and translate that to my work as much as possible yeah I feel that Thank and it's you. amazing when you're an artist and you have an intention behind a piece of work and yeah. people are like you don't even have to say anything they're just like I feel this so I see your work and you're like oh Yes, <laughs> I'm able to communicate like, you know, through visual communication, visual communication you know, that's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. And, you know, so much of it is, you know, creating something that speaks to who I am as a, you know, as an artist, but also just like if I can inspire somebody along the way, then that's that's just dope. Like, I really I feel good if somebody else is like able to take 
in what I'm creating and feel something. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. I'm really dwelling on this um, idea of practice, what you were saying about how like so much of your work is, I imagine it in your studio or in your house um, for you, yeah. you know, and I, I resonate with that idea of practice too, in terms of like being a yogi, like mm-hmm. my practice on the mat when I don't go to a studio at home, like, why is that? You know, that's for me. That's for me to reflect. That's for me to meditate, for me to explore what my body is doing, what my spirit, where mm-hmm. my mind is at. Then also as a writer, mm-hmm. too, like I write every single day. And yeah. like it's not out there yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So for you, like how are you intimately in conversation with your work? Uh, well, intimately, I feel like I'm I, I'm very big on boundaries. Like I, I thrive on boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, even though there's times where I can set boundaries with clients and, you know, people I collaborate with and all of that, it's not that easy to set boundaries with myself, especially as a, you know, creative person, as a, you know, independent artist, what have you, like, Mm -hmm. you know, setting those boundaries with like, you know, how I actually do practice and Mm -hmm. how I do create because I'm the type of person that could just like work endlessly and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just be doing one thing for hours like mm-hmm. that's just so inherent in my personality is I, I get very focused and you know when I'm driven and inspired to do something I can just kind of pound into it for you know an endless amount of time so setting boundaries I think has over the years been something that I am working on getting better at and you know knowing when is the time to really stop and be like okay this is finished like I'm Mm. I'm good on this I feel good about this thing that I just made Mm so you know a lot of it is really just like knowing when you know when you are finished and like you know setting those boundaries has been pretty crucial in my my creative process thank you for that because a lot of times we think about boundaries in relationship with other people Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been considering this topic too I recently listened to Brene Brown's uh, Mm -hmm. talk on Oprah's super soul conversation Mm -hmm. and she um, breaks down the anatomy of trust as she calls it and the the B in the um, acronym that she created for thinking about trust and she's a a researcher so it's like researched wise phenomenal insights around how we build trust with with ourselves and each other Mm -hmm. and the, the B of braving is boundaries. Yeah. And so again, just love that you drew attention to that, especially mm-hmm. for those of us who do love what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could just give ourselves over to it endlessly. Mm-hmm. And there's other things that we have to do in our exactly. lives. Too. Yeah. Because outside of just creating, mm-hmm. like you have to exist mm-hmm. in your body mm-hmm. and just like keep yourself mentally driven. Yeah. And right. And still having the weight of both work and, you know, you know, developing a skill, whatever it is, outside of all of that, outside of the creative process, there's still like room for existing and just living your life. Right. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, setting those boundaries with myself has been more of a challenge sometimes than setting boundaries with other people. How do you keep your passion from feeling like work or like a chore? Yeah, uh, well... It's all a process. Uh Like, I mean, really, it is it is such a process. And I don't even have like a straightforward answer for that because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was working um, full time um, when I was an art director at a motion design studio. And 
that was sort of when tactile matters started to come into play. And I was just, I needed something that was outside of working in front of a computer because my eyes were going bad, Mm. you know, the stress was real, you know, even though I'm in a creative space with creative people having creative conversations, it was all good. Like I really could not on paper, I couldn't complain, but yet I did not feel fully fulfilled because Mm -hmm. I knew that I just needed to be able to create, you know, in other ways outside of for just these random clients, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so one of my coworkers actually um, got me involved with a um, community Mm -hmm. ceramic space. And that was sort of where I really started to get more and more into ceramics and working with clay and just working with something that is so in contrast to, you know, digital Mm -hmm. design work. And Mm so for me, that was just like I needed that in order for me to feel passionate still about like design and, you know, illustration, because a part of me was even though I was creating, you know, meaningful work design wise, it's easy to get bored with one thing if you do it too much. So, Uh, girl, yeah, you know, Uh so it's just like I think it's human nature. And especially as creative people, you have to switch things up every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just got really into it. Like I just loved clay so much. It was just like it was just like such a like contrast from just like literally being hunched over in front of a computer all day long Mm -hmm. that it just it kind of took over and I just kind of got to a point where I was so in love with it that I needed to leave my job because the time just literally wasn't it just wasn't there like Mm -hmm. I I can't like work eight hours in front of a computer and then leave there and then go to the studio space and work in clay for like another like three to four hours and like I had no time for myself because I was just like creating even though a lot of people are like that is the time for yourself that is but that like also has its own stress exactly you know when yeah you're, especially when you're you know creating something for a client that has its own stress too so you know finding the time in the room and the space mentally to do all the things you want to do but also like kind of like take little pauses where you can like you know fill that in with the things that make you feel passionate yeah. and make you feel good Um, I feel like by any means necessary, it's so important for you to really like take the time to to figure it out what you really do feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that a lot of times people, you know, want that feeling overnight. And sometimes it does take time to just know not only who you are, but also just like what you want to make, what you want to put out in the world. Right. So it's a lifelong your, journey. It's too. a lifelong journey. You have to give yourself that patience. I'm Absolutely. there right now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You have to give yourself that patience. Yes. So like, how do you um, remain authentic in your work? Because, you know, we're living in this digital space where people are kind of tailoring their work to um, what they know is going to get great engagement yeah. uh, and things like that. So it's like. Like, where does your confidence come from? And then yes. are there moments where you're like, oh, like, I'm going to take this off because it's not doing well. You know, I don't care. I like this boot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to keep it on here. Like, yeah. So how do you navigate all of that as an artist? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I, you know, when it comes to social media mm-hmm. specifically and like design and artwork, I feel like that's a whole nother like 
playing field because there are a lot of people that are looking for like the social engagement like mm-hmm. insights and all of that and like you know that is a crucial part of their business model and how they thrive as a business and I'm like I'm not going to knock the hustle because I get it like if that's your means to getting a check at the end of the day then right. you got to do what you got to do right. but you know as an artist for me to be my most authentic self I just have to like really just do me like right. I just like create what what I'm inspired by mm-hmm. and like you know, and keep doing that without any, you know, any apologies. Like you have to be unapologetically you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And like, if you feel like you're doing it for somebody else, then you have to kind of sit back and reevaluate what what got you into what it is that you're trying to do to begin yeah, with. Exactly. What's truly inspiring you and all of that. Like there's so many questions that go into, you know, being not only a creative person, but being a creative person that also has to like survive and thrive at the end of the day and pay rent and like pay bills and all of that. So, you know, I think that those are all, those are all things to just consider when you are trying to be your most authentic self, but you know, it's not easy. I Mm -hmm. also am somebody that like, I, you know, approach social media, social social media (laughs) in a different way sometimes than a lot of people where I am like, I I could kind of check in and then check out. And that's because I just, like I said, I really like boundaries. So when I put something out there, I, I'm not really harping on it in a way that maybe somebody else might be harping on it. I feel like if I post something, I'm either some things I'm like, I'll post and I'm like, I want to hide under a blanket. Like, I just don't even want to look at it. I'm just mm-hmm. like going to run away. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's just like, you know, you, you don't, if you're posting something for you, then you shouldn't really have this internal conflict about, you know, mm-hmm. what other people are going to think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and we talk about this all the time, but um, just creating and living and being from an authentic place and trusting that when you do that that you will attract everything that you're intending and hoping for and I feel like it's amazing to know um and we already knew but like just to hear you talk about how what you create really is for you Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about how um you know uh beloved that that one piece of art is and we were all talking about this before the show mm-hmm. but the fact that um Janae has it above her you know um, above her bed and she said that like her little baby mm-hmm. looks at it and loves it <laughs> and for me that was I painted that uh just, just during like the lowest point of last year when I was just like so deep in the grieving process mm-hmm. um for the listeners that don't know I you know I've been sort of navigating and um, kind of reflecting on the past year of like loss and losing my father so suddenly it just was something that like you know really um, makes you challenge yourself to keep moving forward not just like as a person but just moving forward as an artist and being creative and like still like being able to channel those feelings and when I made that piece I just remember I was like in that place where I needed to be able to translate my feelings and emotions and so um it it just sort of spoke to the many layers of kind of what I spoke about before of just like being a black woman and existing, but Mm -hmm. also just like holding the weight of the world sometimes and feeling like you are. And like, you know, even though there's, you know, these pops of colors and, you know, these soft lines behind all of that is somebody that's like kind of seeking and still like, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to find themselves and practicing self-care and trying to dissect what self-care really means to them. So, um, 
So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that piece because that mm-hmm. one is actually one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Seeking, I love that. Yeah. That do you is. have your, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you have your artwork in your house, like up? You I know, do. Okay, because artists get weird, you're like, girl, no. I do. It Honestly, it took me such a long time to do that. Like I, and honest, like my, my partner, um, he, um, he's always encouraging me to have my work in the space because if I had it my way, I probably wouldn't honestly. Mm. And so he's like, no, we need this hanging up. Like my women prints, like that's like right above our sofa. And it took me a while to even get to a place where I wanted my work in the space because I do have that love hate relationship when you like take so long to create something by the mm-hmm. time it's done for a lot of artists, you're just over it. Like, mm. these are kind of like, facts. yeah, you're just over it. Like, I don't want to look at it anymore. I don't want to see it. I'm done. Um, but you know, there are a few, a few, um, a few pieces that I do have in the house and I just like, I, I actually enjoy looking at them because they remind me of a moment in time mm-hmm. as well as like their pieces that other people have in their homes. And when I hear other people's stories of how they connect with it, it makes me connect with my work yeah. in a yeah. different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it took me a while to, to, yeah, kind of come around and want to look at my own work. That's awesome. Are there any artists that you're inspired by? God, I don't even <clears> – <throat> I have so many artists I'm inspired by. Uh-huh. Like I um, – I have – because it's, it's it's interesting because for me as somebody that is like working with so many different mediums, like I have different categories of artists that I'm mm-hmm. inspired by that do different things like filmmakers, you know, traditional artists, painters, sculptors, digital artists and like – Honestly, I don't even I I don't even want to like shout anyone out because I feel like if I forget somebody, I'm going to like punish myself and feel so bad that I didn't like shout somebody out. Uh Um, Also, pronunciation is key. And I do not want to mispronunciate anybody's name. Well, we can include who you're inspired by in the show notes if that would allow you to feel better. I have a whole list. I literally have a list of artists that I like. Perfect. So we'll put them there. Okay. Yes. (laughs) That's real, though. Yeah. No, it's real. And that speaks to how you draw your inspiration from so many different mediums mm-hmm. it shows up in your work mediums. you have painting yeah you Filmmakers. have ceramics all of that absolutely is there a medium of art that you haven't yet um uh cultivated that you are excited about mm. bringing into the world that's a good question i I feel like I've at least tapped into everything that I want to tap into in some capacity, but I would, I, I really want to, um, I really want to, you know, work with more materials that are a little bit more diverse, kind of in the same lane of like ceramic. Like I would love to work more with like metal and wood and all of that, but that's kind of on like the lower end of like where I, where I see my work going. That would be just something I'd want to explore right. because it, I, it's just like, another form of creation. Another form of creation. Right. Why not? Yeah. Um, but I um, I also want to um, start documenting a little bit more. Like I want to get more into video and film and just like being able to like not only tell a story, but like how to make that come to life and mm-hmm. like seeing that process through, whether it's myself behind the camera or, you know, just like writing a story but that also does bring up a point that like I don't even know if I should even be mentioning but I am excited that I'm working on a children's book and I'm like Mm. still in like the throes of writing it and so I'm like very excited about having a visual 
way of telling a story. Yeah, and that's like, going to be so gorgeous. I'm really excited about that. So I'm excited Children. for you. I don't even have a child, but I'm going to get it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so cute. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like so in the same lane, but also kind of a contrast to what I've been creating because I've been doing a lot of like painting and, you know, obviously I do a lot of digital work as well. But yeah, those are those are sort of the things that I'm tapping into a little bit more. That's amazing. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go backtrack a little bit um, to revisit what you were starting to share around grief because that's mm. such a universal mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, if oh, yeah. you haven't experienced it, you will. Definitely. Um, and so um, in terms of how you took care of yourself and how you learned, I'm sure, in brand new ways to take care of yourself and how you're still learning right mm-hmm. now to take care of yourself. You know, my yeah. grandmother passed away. Um probably about six months before your father did. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was and still am extremely close to her. And so for me, it's been a whole process of unfolding and awakening right. as to like what I do to honor her life, what I do to honor my life. Cause it's inherently always connected to hers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially as black women, we need to be having more conversations around this too. So mm-hmm. it'll be enormously useful to our listeners who are dealing with that right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to have the conversation about just like how to process, you know, grief and loss when it happens and not be able to mention like the self-care process and what that looks like because it looks different for everybody. And for me, you know, before this all happened, if somebody asked me like, oh, what would you do? Mm-hmm. I would have been like, I'm just going to run and hide and like go MIA, radio mm-hmm. silent. Like I just want everyone to just leave me alone. Right. And what actually happened is I am I was very pleasantly surprised that like I actually spoke out more about it and I was able to be open and talk about it and say what I was feeling and be able to articulate the feelings. And, you know, in the moments of when it actually happened, when I, you know, when um, my father passed, um, it was horrible. Like there's no, no, there's no self-help book that can prepare you. There's no body that can like offer up the words to make you feel good in those moments when you are going through something just so traumatic and, you know, your brain is fuzzy and you can't really process things correctly. And I'm, I'm, you know, in the same breath, I, I can only feel a bit of like, inspiration and joy from the fact that I did have support like and I know that that is a privilege because not everybody has somebody to lean on in moments of just trauma and something that just is so incredibly hard to explain and for me I'm you know I had my best friend there you know in the moments after to like be a hug Mm -hmm. I had my life partner there Mm -hmm. who like came with me back to Louisiana to work on everything that needed to get done afterwards and like I had my mother there you know and I know not a lot of people have that and so I feel so much even though my heart is so heavy and still processing and Mm -hmm. still learning and and growing from the experience I also it's so worth mentioning that like having your people there to like be able to lift you up when you're literally brought to your knees is like so Mm -hmm. crucial and like getting through it so sometimes when I hear people say that they like kind of enjoy being alone or going through life alone like do you you know like do you really because when Things happen that are just so hard to deal with having at least one person that you can like call up and be like, yes, sis, I'm like, I'm going through it. Like, I can't 
like I can't even talk right now. I just need you to talk to me. Like yeah. I just, you know, like I need a voice. I need an ear. And, you know, just having at least one person that you could just count on to to be that sort of rock when you are just like so in need of being uplifted. I feel like it's very important. And that's why, you know, I'm just like it's I'm big on just community and how you can just be not only of service to others, but just like how you can kind of receive as well. And like yes, it's a mutual yes, exchange yes. of support. Absolutely. And how for so many of us, it is a tremendous challenge to actually receive support. Yes. And to even know um, how to ask. Um, I was going to say what, but I actually from in my experience, it was actually how because mm-hmm. you just don't even know what happened. And then now all of a sudden like you need support, but like, you're just like, Oh yeah. I don't even like mm. my therapist and thank God I was going to therapy at the time, Absolutely. but my therapist looked me in the eyes and was like, Lauren, um, have you invited your friends to the funeral? And I was like, no. And she was like, you need to invite them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? That's what people do. They don't mm-hmm. need to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have lives, they have work. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so out of my conscious awareness to ask for that kind of support. And then everyone that I asked showed up that's and amazing. I can't even imagine Yeah, had they not. So it was a practice of receiving support. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us are more comfortable giving. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so much of us, so many of us are not comfortable with asking, but also just like have this sort of thought in the back of our minds of like being a burden and like, right. mm-hmm. I don't want my burden to be your burden. Right. When in reality, you're almost more of a burden by not asking for help because in the end people are like, no, we want to help you. We want to be able to they like, feel at a loss. They feel at a loss because yeah. they don't know what to do. And like, you know, so asking for help is, is just so important. And for me and just like my, my work practice, my business practice and, you know, still being like, a independent creative person life still has to move forward and you still have to work through all of the pain and last year I worked all year I almost did more work last year because I needed things to keep me busy and keep Mm. my mind occupied Mm -hmm. but um but your brain is still a little bit missing like you're still trying to put the pieces together and so asking for help was huge for me and like that was the first time I had like a manager step in to go through my emails like things like that like I needed like I actually needed the help um and so and shout out christina i love <laughs> you um just having somebody that can be there to like just go through your trash emails and like respond to people and like you know having somebody in the studio helping me you know through production like all of those i you know sometimes it takes moments of just like needing before you actually ask for help and for me that was the case like i needed it and so um I'm just happy that, you know, the help did come and the support was there and it was very much felt. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it's I think it's definitely important to lean into the people that you love in times yes. when you know that you need it. Yes. Amen. Wow. wow. I always love hearing conversations about this because I really haven't experienced grief like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just always refreshing to listen because, like, I know it's like inevitable. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm holding my breath and I'm like. I don't, you know, like mm-hmm. I know it's coming and I don't know what I'm going to do when it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing you guys talk about this really just helps me, you know, put into practice things that will help me to process mm-hmm. something that devastating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And just like it could be as simple as just a, a phone call. You yeah. Know? Like that's that is extremely helpful. Like I am I'm I'm very, very 
um, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful for friends that like sent me Postmates and mm. just like random pizza would show up at the door or like wow. flowers and like that. I like can't even put into words how much of like I feel thankful, but also like yeah. I know how much of a privilege that is to have that amount of support. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Wow. Dion made the illustration from my cards oh. for cards for my grandmother oh. that we sent out to everyone who came. I remember. Oh, that. Like, I'm amazing. actually getting emotional thinking about oh that right God. now. That is amazing. You know, you saying that, thinking about the ways that your friends show up because yeah. people show up thinking about what you need, but also like their according to their like their talents or like totally their, like what like, how, exactly. <laughs> like, I just remember being like, Dion, could you do this? And she was like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really. And that's beautiful. what everyone has from that day. I know that's amazing. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, because there's like, it's something that's so needed, and like also just will be an everlasting. Like I will never forget every yeah. single thing that happened in mm-hmm. those moments. Even mm-hmm. though I, I can easily forget some of the other little things mm-hmm. in between, mm-hmm. but like when the way that friends showed up, like yeah. I'll never forget every single one of those moments. Yes. Wow. That's so beautiful. I just yeah. forgot about that. And I was like, oh, and then I yes. thought about your apartment and where yes. it's at. And I yes. was like, oh, yes. my God. It's on my altar. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You are amazing. You are. Oh. And I appreciate your existence so much mm-hmm. um, and just who you are and how authentically you're living and your honesty and transparency during the conversation. Yes. Um, it's so important because, you know, a lot of women we look up to, we want to know, do you do they go through the things I go through? Yeah. You know, how are they, how are they navigating that? Am I the only person mm-hmm. feeling like this? And Absolutely. so um, really having this humanizing experience with you has just been very empowering and inspiring. I feel the exact same way. This, I mean, you both are just so incredibly inspiring and just like how you're navigating through the world as well. And so just having like minds in one space where you can actually communicate and like laugh about shit and it's just like, Mm -hmm. just like it feels natural. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. So this was, this was a lot of fun. Yay. We're so happy to hear that. Yes. Um, I'm, I don't know. This is sitting with me from the beginning of the conversation, but I just get a sense that you inspire a lot of like young, like black girls. Mm. I don't know. I just get a sense like you just have like big cis energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, also, I think maybe why I'm thinking about it is reflecting back about how it's been 10 years. So like Mm -hmm. you were once that Mm -hmm. you shared, like you were the person who was aspirational about being creative in a way that could also bring in sustainable, you know, resources for you to make art Mm -hmm. for a living. um, But you didn't necessarily see that. So have you been able to like directly work with youth and inspire young black women? Is this? Yeah. And I I know you're writing the children's book too. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I love mentoring. Like I, I feel like that's something that I just find so much joy in because there's also like, these days, kids that aren't really kids, like, you know, like everyone's kind of an adult now at like the age of four. So like, yeah. it, it's just like socializing we, them within the Uni- United States in particular. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we're there's like no real kids around. Like everybody's just like three going on 30. So mm-hmm. um, like I have a wonderful intern who's in high school and I see this way more as like a mentorship mm-hmm. because she's just like, I'm like, wow, I'm actually seeing like a reflection of like what the youth is like these days because I didn't have have like younger siblings than me. I was the youngest child. I had 
all boys. <laughs> like I grew up with all boys around with an exception of my mother, but all my cousins, all of that, like it was mostly all boys and then a few like girls in between. But mm-hmm. um, my intern who is like 17 and she is just like such a sweetheart and I just enjoy like hearing her stories and her perspective and just like I remember she came in and she was telling me because I don't know what's happening in high school like I don't know what's <laughs> happening in high school these days but she like will come in and talk about like that she'd like a book report on the um, uh, Childish Gambino uh, music video like This Is America and was able to break it down wow. like and do like a whole like synopsis and break down I was like wow. okay sis like y- like y'all are just like so much more elevated so mm-hmm. then it's so it's so funny to me when I hear people talk about the youth like our brains are exploding when in actuality they're the ones that are actually like leading yes. the pack mm-hmm. and they are like so smart and just like so driven um, so I have just like so much faith in the young young creatives and like their minds are like doing way more than I could imagine when I was that age. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I wish somebody would give me a book report about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like interested in reading that. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yes. That video was interesting and no, it's like yes. all the clues and hints and all the things. So. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, wow, <laughs> y'all are really out here doing breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, yeah, I, in whatever way or whatever capacity I could inspire, I feel great from that. And I never really like that was never really my intention to mm-hmm. be some sort of guide or source or resource. But anytime somebody slips in my DMs and it's just like, hey, this actually really meant something to me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel it so hard. Like, I'm very sensitive and attuned to like people and feelings and what they're going through and I've heard some like pretty incredible stories just from my work or just like something that I've painted and that just like I think will always and forever blow my mind and I'm like very much like thankful for that yeah amazing it's one of the best rewards for doing this work yeah you know it's you just never know how it's gonna hit someone you never know yeah you Um, never know that's why art is so powerful, it's so beautiful, and it's so necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to hear like budget cuts about art programs being cut God, and things. I'm like, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm. No, it's it, well, they do. I mean, these are facts. <laughs> they yeah, do, and that's, that's why it's being yeah. cut. You know? Yeah, no, that's yeah. horrible. And just like art, it, it's just so funny because even when you think of like these brands and companies out there that you know need design and need creativity to thrive you know whether it's a logo whether it's Mm -hmm. a commercial whether it's a film artists are so needed like we are literally the most crucial people out there on the planet on the planet we're crucial (laughs) like we drive audiences to a brand so if i'm let's say creating a logo for somebody and then that logo is going to be plastered all over this brand's company web page anything in between it's like yeah that has so much value to it like i am creating a visual language for a company and so like knowing what your worth is Mm -hmm. is not an easy thing Mm -hmm. like i don't think that that's it's as simple as i am worth this amount of money it's like it's more of just like placing value on the fact that what you are creating is creating something that is benefiting somebody else absolutely so yeah. that was a great note to make. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with in the way of a belief that I have, which is that we're all inherently creative. We're all yeah. inherently artists. Mm-hmm. How can we be thinking about 
how to make space for our creativity to shine more in our everyday lives? It's funny. Whenever I get that question, I am so I, – I always hesitate because – it's never so simple, the response, because there's so much involved. There's so many layers. There's so much that goes into like what leading a creative life looks like because there is so much work involved and there's so much of like, you know, stress, communication. There's, and then outside of all that, you still have to create something special and unique. Girl. So, you know, really, the only thing that I feel like you can do is feel passionate about a thing because mm -hmm. if you don't feel passionate about it, then it's really not worth pursuing because once you start and you're in it, then people are relying on you to yeah. keep creating a thing. Yeah. And then if you just, you know, if you, if you don't feel like your heart is in it, then you're only doing yourself a disservice. And so I think leading with actual passion and, and, and what you're, what you're putting out there in the world, I feel like is, is the, best and only thing that you can really do for yourself as a creative person or just as a person in general. I love it. Wow. Girl, you just full of gems. Honey. <laughs> I'm serious. That's why our artists speak more. We have so many valuable things to say and we have such a unique perspective. Yeah. I feel like anyone could benefit from, you know, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you girl. Uh, thank you. We ladies. appreciate you. And she brought us a bag of lemons. You know, <laughs> picked from her lemon tree okay. and her beautiful tote. Like, come on, oh, man. My come favorite on. tote. So cute. <laughs> so for everyone listening who's like, oh, my God, I have to buy her art. I have uh -oh. to see her things. I have to everything. Like, where do we find you? Well, you can find me on the Internet at Tactile Matter. You can go to my design website, KanishaSnee.com. Or my website, tactilematter.com, where I have different objects and other things. I have some of those objects. Yay. I and I'm that. getting some of those ah! objects. <laughs> <laughs> love you ladies so much. Love, love you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Black Girl and Ohm creates space for women of color to breathe easy. You guys, we would like to thank our amazing podcast crew. Khalid B., thank you so much for an amazing intro. It's live and it's lit. I love it every time I listen to it. Keith, good news. You are such a phenomenal audio engineer. Thank you so much. Um, Valerie Titus Glover, our digital strategist on the podcast team. Girl, you are amazing. Thank you for your commitment. And to our amazing community members, y'all some real ones, day ones. We want to thank y'all so much for rocking with us. We love you. We support you. And we are so grateful to share space with you. <laughs>